Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, Justin? Not much. How are you, Bubba? Man, I'm getting through it. It's uh, yeah. It's been kind of a longer week, but uh, they, they've actually allowed us to go back to work now. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you? Are you? I am. I actually wow. go. I actually go out in the field tomorrow for the first time in. Oh wow! It's been over a year. Well over a year. Golly, that's crazy. Um, so yeah, I get to actually go do my job that they've been paying me to do for the last year and a half. God, I've been blessed. But uh, you know, they've been paying me for a year and a half to do something that I just I haven't been doing, and so I yeah. get to actually go do that now. And talk with people. Right. Water water cooler talks. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think I forgot how. Yeah. Working from home. Um, so I do that. I work remote and I couldn't carry a conversation at a water cooler probably to save my life. Well, I, I, so long. yeah, I'm, I've been working from home for 10, 11 years. No, gosh, longer than that. Uh, if they tried to put me in an office, I, I would go insane. They, they better pad the walls if they put me in there because I'm going to bounce <laughs> off every one of them. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, I've worked from home, but my job, I go out and I see people and I usually see a group of people at a time. Um, and so for the last year and a half, I've had to send other people to go see the people. So the only people I see have usually four legs and that's it. And they don't do a lot of talking around a water cooler and they're loud around a water cooler. Gosh, they are. Yeah, they really are. I told, uh, told somebody the other day, they were like, Oh man, the Houston traffic. I said, I know I had a three dog pile up on the way to work yesterday. <laughs> Took me like an extra dad joke. <laughs> took, took me an extra minute and a half, man. <laughs> we have got Mr. Jeremiah Chambers in the studio today. How are you doing, man? Great. Yeah. How are you, brother? Well, you just heard my whole yeah, story. That's true. it. I'm done. I got I got nothing else. <laughs> I'm doing well. So who are you? What do you do? <laughs> who am I? It's a very loaded question. Actually, I, I I will say that Jeremiah is the uh, worship leader, yeah. and also you have a new title there. What's that? <clears throat> yeah, uh, my technical title is lead worship minister and creative arts director of the church. That does not fit on a business card. No, no, it's it's written. That's why I don't tell anybody because okay. it's too much to explain. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm essentially over the worship communications and production stuff at current. Okay, that's all falls under my purview. So, so everything we see and hear is pretty much you. Most of it, yeah. One yeah. way or another, well, I don't necessarily make it all, but it's my fault if it goes bad. That's really right. That's really <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, but I have some really awesome, talented people that that I get to work with that make a lot of things really great. So I can attest to that that you do. Um, so being a worship leader, I do have a question for you. Sure. Is it, is there a, is there a book or a code that says that a worship leader must wear jeans that are distressed beyond belief and have at least three or more holes in them? Um, no, but I, I think, uh, if you'll notice, I think that's falling away a little bit. If you notice. Uh, that trend of of the torn jeans thing, you know, as well as skinny jeans, that's that's no longer a big thing either. Actually, your so. your your co worship leader falls 
bad into that category. I was going to say, and, and, and hoodies. Hoodies have to be a part of that Hoodies as well. 100%. Well, I, I'll share a slight, uh, like a small, like industry trade secret with you about the hoodie, please, the jacket hoodie please. thing. Uh, so uh, between either sweating or being really cold on the stage, one or the other, it's always one or the other, and needing to run like uh, headphone lines and stuff like that, wearing an extra layer is is almost a necessity okay I, so that makes i see definitely you're always see wearing a jacket yeah, yeah i always a, a see a jean you jacket, jacket or a you know some type of you know light jacket some second layer usually because it helps hide those things and yeah, yeah. I've, I've done a little bit of behind the scenes stuff with you mm-hmm, guys mm-hmm. uh for a little while and I, I never understood the jacket in august yeah in, in houston texas well and it's funny especially i mean in our church you know i mean the ac set on like 71 or whatever well, yeah. and so you know when it's 95 outside uh the ac's pumping all the time and, right and where our how our stage works which i'm thankful for i'd much rather have it cooler on stage than than hot on stage for sure sure but yeah those, those ac units are blowing right there and y'all have those fans that are right there in front of it, you. right exactly yeah. yeah those those registers are on because I've, I've noticed i think last week it was somebody kind of stood and just stood right in front yeah. on top of one <laughs> when it gets warm there's some there's some good spots to stand and cool right, down quickly right. yeah um so tell me <clears throat> excuse me tell me how did you get here and and mm. go back as far as you want to go because i'm i'm interested yeah uh well, I'll go like way back then. Um, my dad was a pastor for over 35 years. So literally when I say I was in church uh, the third day that I, after I had been born, that's you know very true. So I've uh, been in church and church things like my whole entire life. Um, and uh, music stuff has always been um, a big part of that. And I started playing piano. Uh, doing like church accompaniment stuff uh, when I was like 13, I think was my first like regular Sundays playing and uh, always sang, always did that kind of thing. There was a, our youth group growing up was uh, part of something called Word of Life uh, Ministries. And uh, at that time they used to have this thing called Teens Involved uh, Competition where uh, it was ministry based, but it was preaching and drama and uh, singing and uh, teaching and like uh, all sorts of things you can imagine that happen in a church setting. But uh, so they used this competition as kind of a training ground uh, for for kids and youth groups and stuff. And so I was involved in that. And I uh, and there's some different levels of that. And uh, if you do well, you go on to like a nap. Did some piano stuff pretty well there too. And so I, I've always loved singing and and particularly in a ministry sense uh went to college at pensacola christian college in florida and i got a bachelor's degree in communications everybody asked me you know why i didn't get a music degree and it's one of those like i I didn't i did not intend on being in ministry i had zero desire when i was younger um i i think now i can admit that I, i think i knew there was a calling uh but growing up in ministry you see the other side uh, and it's not easy. It's not an easy life. Um, whether people, you know, fully grasp that or not, that's okay. Um, but it, it's a, there's a, there's a, there's a heaviness to it and a weight to it of, of what's expected and, and all those things. So I, yeah, I, I did, I had no desire to be in ministry. So when I went to college, initially I wanted to be a sportscaster. I've always loved sports. Mm. And, um, so that's where it led me into the communication stuff. But then as I got into it, I, I started uh, exploring some other like creative avenues and things that I, that I enjoyed doing. So um, then I wanted to be uh, 
in advertising. I wanted to design ad campaigns. That was my thing. It was uh, so I chased marketing a little bit in that as well, and that's kind of what I graduated with. And uh, slowly but surely, I found myself uh, being pulled back into ministry. And uh, my first like full time ministry uh, job was with a church in North Carolina. It's where my wife is from, and uh, we lived there. About, what part? Uh, she's from a little town called uh, Salisbury. Well, I used to live in a little town called Mill Creek. Okay, yeah, it's uh, on the coast, right on the coast. Yeah, yeah, Salisbury is like right in between Charlotte and Winston Salem. Okay, so right, uh, very middle of the state kind of thing. Um, anyway, I was church there, uh, kind of their video guy for a while, and I got some chances to do some worship leading that kind of thing. And uh, long story short, that led me to taking a worship pastor job in Chicago, and so we moved there for about almost three years, not quite, and. Uh, and from Chicago, we came here. And okay. so we've been here. This is my fifth year, about four and a half years here. And we absolutely love Texas and uh, love Katie and we love Current. And uh, yeah, God's yeah. been blessing all those things. So nice. Justin, I went to um, not change the subject. Sorry. I went to um, Arby's the other day because, you know, yeah. they have the meats. Exactly. <laughs> so they say. <laughs> And no, actually, I love their gyro sandwich, gyro. How do you pronounce it? Everybody pronounces it. Gyro, 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 gyro. I think is technically I think gyro correct. is supposed. Justin, how do you pronounce it? Gyro. Gyro. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I went to eat a gyro sandwich. Anyway, <clears throat> this is a while back, and the the Arby's here is in the Loves um, truck stop, mm-hmm. and it took me a little while, but I finally noticed Loves used to have this almost obscenely large American flag that they would fly mm. at their at their loves. And and every loves you went to, you almost knew it was there because of this obscenely large you you know, you <laughs> see these ones at the car dealership. This this, this blew the car dealerships away. I d I don't know how they made it, but they had these just astronomically large flags. And I was at the Arby's and I went, Where's the flag? <laughs> And of course, the Arby like, we have meats. I don't know. What <laughs> so Not I went flag selling. It, business, yeah, right? we don't. We don't. We rent the place, man. We pay the landlord. We don't know. Right. Um, so I, I, <laughs> I asked the guy at, at, at the Loves, um, what happened to the flag? And she goes, Oh, yeah, we had to stop flying that. I was like. Yeah. Were the planes coming too close to it? Yeah. What? Why did you? Why? She said, "Well, it was offending people." Oh, that boy. was their God honest answer. They took all of the flags down from all of the loves across the country. You know, there's a lot of them because the flags were offending people. This is a truck stop. These are truckers, all American Ugh, truckers. Yeah. And they didn't want to offend anyone. What kind of world are we living in when our flag offends people? And not only that, because it offends people, we take it down. That's crazy. Hmm. It is. What do they call that? Cancel culture now? Yeah, but this was even before. I mean, this was this was a while back. This has probably been probably a year or so ago. Um, so, okay. I mean, it was even before the whole cancel culture. Well, I, cancel culture has been... Um kind of rising yeah i would say for almost about three years now if you 
look at, um, especially in, in the entertainment world uh, and, and other areas where it's really, you know, it, people weren't nearly so bold about it necessarily then, and they wouldn't necessarily target things like a gas station. Right. But uh, assigning a uh, very negative personality or characteristic to somebody or something that you disagree with so it's not just it not like for instance a show or a, or a song or something that somebody doesn't like. It didn't go from eh, I don't care for that song. I just don't listen. Whatever. It's that person or that writer or that singer or that actor or whatever is a whatever mm-hmm. racist bigot. Right. What whatever. Yeah, Doctor Seuss. Very. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We we they, they, let's assign this very. Uh, degrading negative uh, identity to that entity and and in doing so kind of stole would steal the identity from whoever that was and replace it with this this idea and, and then it just you know it kind of continued to grow till you see stuff like gas stations for crying out loud uh, being targeted by these things but how did we get to a point where the vast majority of unoffended people are bowing to that minor minority of people that are, are doing exactly, you know, the Dr. Seuss yeah. beaters and, and, and all this. Other. How, how did we get there? Hmm. I mean, if I look back, <laughs> Jesus was a very offensive man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he had no problem offending certain people. Now, you know, you look back and, and it seemed like the only people that he intentionally went out to offend were the leaders of the church, the, yeah. the Pharisees, the yeah. Sadducees, whatever. Uh, I, I look back, I was, um, was looking for it earlier today, and like in John eight forty four, um, the Pharisees had given multiple challenges to, to Jesus back and forth, and they just kept questioning him and going back, and he, he kept answering and going back and answering, and... And, uh, you know, they were saying, we're descendants of Abraham. Who are you to be up here doing this? Who are you to be doing these things? And finally, Jesus said, you belong to your father, the devil. (laughs) And you want to carry out your father's desires. Mm. I mean, of all the things to call some of these leaders of the church, you're the devil. You are Satan himself. In in fact, he even goes on to say he was a murderer from the beginning, uh, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks. His native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's a great statement, there, isn't it? Yeah, lies are the negative, or, or excuse me, the, the native language. The native language, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they can, it's, it's speaking lies is is easy, if not easier, than actually speaking the truth. Right. And man, don't we see that right now? Oh. You know, people will take a, an opinion or an idea or whatever and state it as fact, and boom, now it is. It's reality. And this idea, you hear this term all the time of my truth, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and if, and nobody can disagree with my truth. Right. Uh, well, unless you do, of course, and then you're canceled. <laughs> well, well, it, it depends on which side of the coin you're on. That's right. Are yeah. you canceled yeah. or are you part of the, the okay people? Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, even Trump came up with it, uh, not long after he was, I think it was even before he took office when he came up with fake news. Sure. Yeah. You know, we all laughed at it. We all yeah. said, oh, that's, that's crazy. He's he just, he just... He was exactly correct. It's fake news. It's like if we say it enough times, hmm. if we repeat it enough times, then people start taking it as truth yeah. without any 
background or facts behind it. Yeah. We just keep saying it, so it must be true. Yeah. Well, even going back to your your uh, your example of Jesus and the, I mean, you know, to be quite honest, he was canceled. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The, the, In the, the ultimate way. Right. We know we know that's not true now because we know the end of the story, but if you like kind of view it from the other way around, if you're watching it happen, the masses turned on him. Mm-hmm. The you know, the Pharisees won. They got exactly what they wanted. Yeah. They they got him dead. That's what they wanted. They wanted him dead and gone. You know, and thankfully for us he didn't stay that way. Right. Uh but th- you know we we it's hard to think of Christianity in those terms because we we know he is victorious, but you know there's a reason why Scripture over and over and over again said, it talks about this guy. They'll hate you because of me. Right, right, right. You know it's 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 a it's a splitting of a of roads. You can't serve the right. world and God at the same right, time. Right, right, right. And yeah, but go back to what you said. Is you know they they. They set out for one thing to cancel yeah. Christ, and in they they absolutely in their minds canceled Christ so much so that even the disciples yeah bought were, into that were, were buying into this. They and, thought they had lost. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's where we are right now. Mm. We're yeah. in that three day period. I think we're, yeah. we're. I think you know. I think he just they just took him off the cross and they just put him in the tomb and we're all hiding <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. What do you think about that, Justin? Is that is that about what you think, or absolutely, yeah, of course. Um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm so thankful that he didn't that 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 the society at the time didn't ultimately get their way. I, I'm glad that the father had a a larger will, and and that was redemption for mankind. And to your, I mean, we we maybe talked touched it, uh, sorry, touched on it a few episodes ago. Where um, where is where is America today? Um, spiritually and are we on a precipice of a, sort of a revival or are we on a precipice of a landslide down to sort of eternal destruction and, yeah um, at least back then it pointed to yeah everybody was in that limbo state for a couple of days until he showed up to a couple of faithful ladies and boom just <laughs> blew the socks off the world you know so, right yeah. right but and even then I mean it, it was a tough road to hoe you know, for those first few years, um, convincing others that no, 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 really, it, it really happened. Oh, seriously, guys, <laughs> I was there. Really, I, I promise. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and so I, I think maybe that's what you were saying is is that the cancel culture of the time did exactly what they intended to do. They even put doubt in the in the most strongest of believers, yeah. those who lived with him for three years. And, yeah you know, saw the miracles he did, believed that he was the Christ, believed yeah. that he was the Messiah, and yet watched him die on a cross mm-hmm. and went, oh, mm-hmm. now what? Right. Yeah. And he even told him he'd be back in three days. I mean, he told him that part too. They just right. forgot. And, well, and I mean, but to be fair, like, I mean, he was dead. It, you know, they saw the blood. They saw, <laughs> they saw him get locked up in that tomb. It's easy to say, yeah, he told them they should have believed. But man, if if that really happened, I think of that often. If Jesus came today, like if you know, if, if if God chose for Jesus to wait until uh, modern times to uh, Jesus to going, I ain't going back there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not coming back now. <laughs> but if it was the first time, you know, that He was on Earth, and, and we experience this today, man, I think. Well, I mean, He's obviously a liar because He said He, he we couldn't kill Him, and He's dead. Yeah. That's what a lot of followers would say, you know. Uh, 
because of that, we lean so heavily on our own perception of, of what is truth. But we're stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a That's people, fair. we're really stupid oh, yeah. because <laughs> you're, you're, you're right. Okay, he said he was coming back in three days. Whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, he did. Well, so was Lazarus. Mm-hmm. And they, they were they there to watch him come out of the tomb. Yeah. If Lazarus can come out of the tomb... Why would the Son of God not be able to come yeah, out of the and tomb? They saw the miracles. They, they saw, saw all that. Yeah, but I'm just I'm thinking of the uh, you know, and of course John says there was many other miracles and, and many other resurrections that occurred. They saw all that. Yeah, and yet they still hid in a room, shivering, quaking. What do we do now? Yeah, because we're stupid. Yeah, well, and, and and we haven't gotten any better. Well, uh, you know, there's I always think too. The, there's a reason why he uses the uh, metaphor of a mustard seed for mm. you know required faith. Yeah, man, our our faith goes away so quickly. So you know, we we feel a little bit of that you know, fear and negativity and whatever we may be experiencing physically, and we immediately move away. We forget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, of the you know the God we serve is, and the thing we're dealing with is so small. And if we really believe what we say, we believe. I think that's that's really the crux of what we're talking about. A lot of these things because oh, yeah. you mentioned you know. Really, the whole idea of what we're talking about is how do we share Jesus or, you know, uh, how do we live as Christians in this offended culture right, or whatever. Right. It shouldn't matter whether it's an offended culture or a fully accepting culture which way we live for Christ. If we truly believe he is the omnipotent, omniscient, you know, holy, perfect, all-knowing, all-powerful God that can do anything in the universe— that that our lives should be settled regardless of whether it is, you know, I offend everyone that lives near me or whether they all love it, that we don't live for the approval of those. We live for the approval of the creator. And it's a perspective thing. It's an intentional thing. And it's, I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. If that makes sense. But yet that being the truth and that being what we know, we're still kind of like the, 11 huddled up in a little room going, mm-hmm. oh, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, let's take a break for just a second. We'll come right back. So, Jeremiah, I'm a little upset with you. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Whatever did I do? I, I have to buy my son much bigger hats now. <laughs> Uh, sounds like you should get him a haircut or something. Well, yeah, yeah, that's he, he pull his teeth back. Different he'll, conversation. Yeah, that's a totally different conversation. No, man, he, uh, you know, you you took the pictures for him for his uh, senior pictures. Yeah, and um, I don't know what kind of conversations you and he had, but he came back telling me that he's a model, <laughs> and that Jeremiah said so. Mm. That and might then be I, a slight stretch. But. Well, then I got the pictures. Mm. Dad, gum boy. <laughs> I. I got the pictures and I, and I almost kind of agree with him. Yeah. What you know, do you do, man? Well, it's, you know, when we, um, part of what I love about photo sessions, especially meeting new people, like I'd never met Hayden before. And I asked him when we were kind of heading into the area we were going to shoot in. I was like, so, because uh, teenage guys especially tend to go one way or the other. They either they're there because their mom, like, you know, that you have to do this and they hate it. And I try to get over as quick and painless as possible as I can for them. Or some, you know, some guys really enjoy it. 
And so I asked him, so are you a picture guy? And he's like, well, I don't, I don't know. I haven't had pictures, you know, in like forever. So, uh, and so we just kind of got rolling his stuff and, uh, I said, yeah, you're, you're a picture guy, you know? And, uh, he just, uh, you know, he took all the directions so well and he was so easy and so, but you know what? Something, uh, one thing I love about doing with, with photo, video, whatever it is, is I, I say it all the time is telling a story and you could just, man, he's such a good dude and his character just came out. Mm. You know, he was so just kind and easy and nice and just, a, just a great guy. And it, and it just kind of yeah, emanated through on those pictures. And so, yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah. Well, you did an excellent job. And tell everybody what the name of your studio is, how to get a hold of you, and uh, yeah. how to make an appointment. Uh, so it's JHA Productions, J-A-Y-C-H-A-Y. My name's Jeremiah Chambers. I get to ask that all the time. So it's J for short for Jeremiah and Che for Chambers. It's a really easy way to remember. J-J-J-A-Y-C-H-A-Y. Uh, easiest way, honestly, is is through Facebook or Instagram. Send me a direct message. Let me know. Uh, but you can also go to my website, uh, com. You can uh, find some prices there and quotes and all those kinds of things. Uh, I do photo, video, graphic design, kind of whatever you need created visually. I can uh, We can usually figure it out. So Awesome. Well, go see him because I got to tell you... Um, my my son never looked better, and his mother was very very happy. Now that's the win. That's right there. all that matters. Hey Jeremiah, so we're on the subject of cancel culture and everything. Um, you know, you being a social media guru, and you know, you've got a production company, and you um, are all over the place. You do so much for current um, and your own business and so forth. In light of the cancel culture, are you ever concerned with what you post and what you produce hmm. that, that you'll have negative blowback? Uh, so there's, I mean, a couple of different, uh, there's a couple different answers to it. One, uh, I, let me just, I don't, I don't perceive myself as a guru, guru, of any, <laughs> any kind. Uh, I, I do my best, you know, I throw, throw whatever out there and, um, but as far as like, I, I do think there's some wisdom that has to be had in especially the social media realm of, uh, let me just say, what I often see uh, when we talk about in this offended world or a cancel culture that there is also a side though, and, and I'll say that you know, the conservative Christian uh, realm is often, often guilty of this, of, of attempting to offend, of purposely looking for a fight of uh, celebrating the destruction of the other side, that that attitude, and I, and so I will say first of all, when it comes to especially, uh, I tell young people this all the time. Anymore, what you do is forever. You know there is no there is no temporary. You see stuff now where it, it's the people are getting in trouble for stuff they did when they were thirteen. Yeah, I am so incredibly glad. That there was no cell phone cameras <laughs> or, you know, Facebook or Evidence. Twitter or whatever yeah. when I was... I'd uh, be in jail. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. and, and I think of that often and people will, you know, complain about the young people or whatever. But imagine trying to grow up in a world like this. You're in junior high uh, and everything you do is documented day by day. Even some and some minute by minute. Hold on. Yeah. And a lot of times we bring it on ourselves. I'll tell you a quick story. Sure. My son, who was in eighth grade at the time, I believe, and him and his buddy, <laughs> him and his buddy, uh, went to go play out in the woods, and 
they came across a construction area, and there was a bulldozer, not a bulldozer, uh, uh, the big round steamroller, big steamroller sitting there. So, like any teenage boy would do, <laughs> hey, let's take it for a ride. Oh, man. Okay, and you and I, and Justin, you, we, we all know that at, at 13, 14 years old, every one of us would have probably done the same sure. thing, right? Absolutely. Well, those idiots left the keys in the steamroller. Their fault. That's their problem. <laughs> Wide open. You messed it's it up. Game. Exactly. <laughs> and like my son said when I told him he stole it, he goes, I didn't steal it. He goes, I put it right back where it was I when I was done. <laughs> I was just I just moved it around a little bit. Which is all fine and yeah. good and I yeah. and I'm not condoning this behavior. Please don't tell you. It didn't but, hurt anybody. No, no one yeah, was hurt. Yeah. No no animals or anything else were injured. However, he did put it on Instagram. Yeah. They filmed it yep. and put it on Instagram. <laughs> and I said, son, you provided the police with all the evidence they need. I mean, you provided the prosecuting attorney with all the evidence he needs for Grand Theft Steamroller. Yeah. Yeah. As, uh, I mean, so we bring all this onto ourselves yeah. most of the time. Yeah. But you know, that points to something I was going to, I was going to point out is, is social media specifically. Um, and it, and it's, I think what's kind of leaking into the culture so strong, but it is inherently egotistical. The whole thing that drives most people is the likes, the loves, the shares, the comments, whatever that is what, and you get that little hit of, you know, excitement every time. Oh good. I got, you know, a hundred, whatever likes or my video went viral or whatever. And so it inherently is a self-centered platform. Yeah. Uh, and so kind of going back to what your question was, Justin, I think one of the ways you can uh, not just avoid offending, um, but you need to, it's important to view social media and what you add to it as exactly that. What am I adding to this mm. that brings yeah. good, truth, light, joy, peace, all those, am I adding that to this world of, of sharing or... Am I doing something that's that's meant to be self-serving, mm-hmm. that is meant to bring me more whatever, love? And, and it's just like in our, our interpersonal relationships. If you do something out of selfish ambition, not only, it, I mean, it's sinful, first of all, but it will not lead to anything good. It will ultimately lead to pride, which leads to destruction. It just does. However, if you approach it with... Um, this idea of what can I share today that will make somebody else happy, that will that will add some good to their life. What what scriptural truth can I can I add? Not that's going to tear somebody or down, or that I can celebrate a victory over some debate topic, political thing that I disagree with. Not that. How do I share Christ's love? Does it come through? Because if it doesn't, we're starting off on the wrong foot. Now that doesn't mean you don't stand up for truth. That doesn't mean we don't say things and and be totally genuine about who we are as believers. I believe if you are dancing around that, that's, that's wrong too, but it can't be, it can't come from the place of selfish ambition, which is like I said, inherently what it's for. And so that it, and it creates a difficulty, but it just like the rest of our Christian life, it doesn't happen on accident. You know, being a very strong Christ-like example only happens on purpose because our human nature is exactly the opposite of that, right. and so, uh, that, yeah. so as far no, I don't, I don't concern myself with 
blowback or whatever. But I would say I do, I do put a lot of thought into. Uh, I put it this way: There's been a lot of times I've typed stuff out and like, nope, delete, nope, delete, delete, don't. Delete, delete. It's it's not worth it. It doesn't serve the kingdom. It <laughs> that that serves me. It might make me feel better. Yeah. But that is, that never leads to to progress as far you know furthering. The I, I have written out so many. Used to be emails. Now it's uh, posts on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, actually, I don't have a Twitter. Or Instagram. I don't have any of those. I have Facebook. Um, and I have typed out some of the longest rants that <laughs> were just yeah. fully self righteous. And I was right. I was dead right. And that's there's, the danger. There's no doubt. I was right? right. Like you have you have a solid thing to yeah, stand. Yeah, I'm on standing and, on absolute yes, principle, right, truth, and sure. everything else. And I'm just going to town. And I get to the end of that thing and. Yeah, delete, 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 delete. Yeah. You know, because it's like you. What purpose is this going to serve? Right. You know, all I'm going to do is, but but I do ask this question. You know, when I say what purpose does it serve, I go back and I again we go back to where Jesus dealt with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and, and like I said, the only people he offended were them. Yeah. He he never anyone else. You know, he 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 treated with love and kindness and and miracles and everything else. But to those who were self-righteous, those who built themselves up, as you said, and, and, and kept would say and do things to, to edify themselves, he was very hard on it. At one point, he even called them a brood of vipers, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. that's a pretty hard translated yeah. in today's words w- would be things we could not put on Facebook. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Um, that, is, that is one of the harshest terms he could have called them. Um, but he uh, he was always there to point out their flaws, their faults, their and and usually in a very um, you look back and it's it's kind of humorous. But at the time, I'm sure it wasn't very humorous. But it, it was almost in a mocking way. Yeah. At most times, so my question would be, what about those Christians that are doing things? like the Sadducees and the Pharisees, you know, self-edification and going out there and pumping themselves up and making themselves look good all in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Do we just let that go or mm. how, how do we, how do we handle that? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, let me first make the disclaimer. I am in no way, shape or form the expert on how you should. You are today. Handle the, <laughs> but I can give you, I can give you my ideas and my thoughts, uh, my opinions for whatever they're worth. Uh, you know, it's interesting. We, at our last, uh, Every month we have an all-staff meeting with our whole church staff, and then afterward we have a ministerial staff meeting where it's uh, the you know those with like minister in their title. That um, we have another meeting, and we're, right now we're reading a book called Another Gospel? Uh, question mark. I forget exactly the name of the uh, the woman who wrote it. Excellent, excellent book. Uh, but one of the um, the things we discussed as a staff was this exact thing. Like, and especially those of us as uh, who are pastors ordained, mm-hmm. um, you know, full-time representatives of the church and all those kinds of things. So where, where does that obligation, not just on, on just everyday Christians or whoever, but especially even right. on us as, you know, as those who are our peers, so to speak. You know, one of the things I thought about after we had that conversation, um, what, you know, you mentioned about how Christ dealt with them and all those kinds of things, but... And one of the things that came to mind was, uh, what is the ratio of how I'm sharing that love that Christ showed to all those other people compared to how often my sarcasm and my attacking of those I disagree with? And I, and I would say, I can easily say for myself that 
I think until I feel like I'm sharing Christ's love that strongly with all those lost people, if that's not my focus first, uh, I'm not. I'm not interested in attacking other pastors that I might disagree with. My now, I'll say. I mean, there's there's definitely lines, and uh, and if you were to ask me in person, uh, my opinion on a given um, topic or statement or whatever, I'll be happy to share that with you. But the idea that it is my job to you know comment in the comment thread of some mega church pastor somewhere who went viral for some you know feel good saying or whatever. It goes back to kind of what we say. To what end? One, is that guy actually reading that? No. Like Now, I'll tell you this. If I have a relationship with him, um, and I've had this in the past, uh, pastors and uh, other people in ministry that I've had relationships with who have done wrong, said wrong, that I have no problem having that personal conversation with them. Because if I don't, that's wrong. If, if I call them friend, if I call them a fellow minister and all those kinds of things, and I see that biblically they're doing something uh, just you know, ungodly, wrong, doesn't measure up, whatever those, those things may be, then it is, it is my obligation to then have that conversation with them. It is not my obligation to attack them publicly, mm-hmm. to try to draw them into a fight, mm-hmm. to try to, you know, to prop myself up as a as you kind of mentioned, a self-righteous uh, expert or whatever. And, th- and whether we do it on purpose or not, that's often what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it causes far more fighting and division than it does leading to actually speaking about the truth of the Bible. So I, I just, I caution people always about, it's kind of like you were saying, we get too excited about calling out other people's sin. And Jesus talked a lot about that oh, too. Oh yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know? And, um, I, I just feel like, man, if our if our effort was put into the other side of it, uh, I think that truth of Jesus, who Jesus is would stand up a whole lot better on its own if our lives were speaking stronger to who he really is. We wouldn't have to say much to those who misrepresent or who lie or are hypocrites in the name of Christ because the true love of Christ would be shining through much stronger. And I think that maybe is the challenge to the church, to, to pastors today. Don't be drawn into this offended culture of, well, I, as a Christian, I'm offended because you're taking all of my things that I have so easily enjoyed for so long. Uh, well, th- our, our job, our, our you know, purpose doesn't change. Right. S- serving Christ is still the same. And whether that's in the face of adversity and negativity or in the face of uh, excitement and support, it, our, our goal is still the same. Green. Well said, man. I want to push a little harder. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything you say, but I, I do want to push just a little bit harder. And, and what I want to push on is, as in Jesus' day, the Sadducees and Pharisees were not teaching the law. They were not teaching the Word of God. They were teaching some of them their own ideology and some of their own uh but but even if we went back a little further they were <clears throat> they were in the rabbinical teaching where you know even Jesus would say you know when when you see in the bible where it says you have heard it said mm-hmm. that means it ain't in the scripture nowhere <laughs> but, but they're you, preaching it but yeah. but they're t- they're yeah. telling you this yeah. now you, where he said you know it is written or you have seen it written 
that means it's in there. But but more often he would say, you have heard it said, blah, 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 which is the rabbinical teaching of the time. And he would rebuke that. He, he would come back and say, that's, that's wrong, and here's why it's wrong. So my question to you is, is there a way, without being offensive, we can take that non-doctrinal, non-theologically correct, leading someone down a very bad path theology that we see and correct that without being offensive? Mm-hmm. Can we do that, or should we even try? Uh, the, yeah, those are kind of two different questions. They are. Uh, starting with the first one. I don't know that you can... Our, uh, let me clarify some of the other things I've said. The goal can't be don't ever offend. Because it, it, we can't. If we're true to the gospel, that's just not going to happen. We will absolutely offend. It should be it should be offensive to those who have a close walk with Christ. It should yeah. be that when we wake up and realize that I'm without Christ's grace, I am nothing but a dirty, rotten, horrible sinner. That should be right in our face all the time. Right, and it should offend our our human nature sensibilities. It should all the time. When that stops, we should be concerned because we're growing numb to the power of Christ. So that said. Uh, what and I think the question is a better question is what are we attempting to do? Mm-hmm. Are we attempting to grow unity in the body of Christ? Because if that is the attempt and we are sincere in that attempt, we'll approach it with a few different things. We'll approach it with grace, with humility, with compassion. That conversation is way different than than approaching it with anger and frustration and harshness right. and all those things. And and I hear you on you know, kind of how Christ dealt with some of the Pharisees in it. And I'll just say, you know, Jesus also didn't ask uh, his disciples to do quite that. Uh, you know, he didn't say, hey, John, why don't you take this one? True. It was often him that was doing that. Uh, not to say, well, let's all leave the difficult work to Jesus. <laughs> Although um, if we go back into some of Paul's writings, he's, yeah. you know. But I think Paul dealt with it kind of more like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul didn't just, uh, well, every once in a while he did, but for the most part, Paul would say, okay, I've heard some rumors about some things that are going on in certain places, and I just want to let you know that here's what Jesus would have done. Here's the truth. Here's what's really true, and here's the way. So, you know, he did once in a great while, a couple of times, there's a few times where he does point his finger in people's face. Yeah. But for the most part, he would... He would kind of go around the block, circle it twice, come back around, and hopefully they got the point. Now, yeah. there were a few of the churches that never got the point, and he did have to spank them yeah. pretty hard. Well, and you know, and that's that you give every inch of grace possible, and then more, but you never back away from what the truth of the scripture is, yeah. and that I think is what is missing in most. Uh, Especially if we're talking about churches or Christians today who who bend easily, who who flex far too much to try to please other people who are so worried about offending or being canceled or those kinds of things. They sacrifice the truth of the scripture to please man. And you you want to go back to, you know, the, the true nature of who Satan is. I mean, that's he's a liar. Mm-hmm. And he and he's his lying, like as you said earlier, is it's the most native thing to him. And it's so easy to buy into those lies 
so easy to say, yeah, no, that's probably more important. Or, you know, uh, we, we, you know, we're, if people don't love us, then are we really sharing Christ? Well, that's backwards thinking. You know, if you really love people, you will share Christ. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's what I told someone once. Uh, I remember it was my son or somebody I was talking about. Yeah, and they were like, why do you always tell people? I said, because I don't hate them that bad. Yeah. What do you mean? I said, I would have to hate that person. And I don't even know that person. Yeah. And I would have to hate them so deeply to allow them to burn in hell for all eternity because I didn't speak up and tell them about Jesus because mm-hmm. they left my house, walked outside, got hit by a bus. Yeah. And I may have been that last opportunity they had. That's right. I said, I don't hate anybody that much. There's a lot of people I don't like a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not that much. But not quite that much. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, I keep forgetting you're here, man, because you're sitting over there on the computer. Oh, I know. And yeah, I'm, I'm just soaking it up, man. I, I, I really like your perspectives, uh, Jeremiah. And, you know, to that degree, Troy, I'll add on, um, not only is it, I don't hate that person enough, but it's also, I love the Lord enough to obey his commandment. Yeah. Yeah. the great commission being to go yeah. and that's that's a non-negotiable um so whether we want to or not whether we like the person or not whether we're in the mood or not the command still stands that we're to go mm-hmm. and um so yeah it's it's a dereliction of duty if, if we don't yeah you know yeah yeah that command being yeah go go therefore and make disciples of all nations but but the last line is, and surely I will be with you till the end of the age, <laughs> which you and I were talking about yeah, earlier yeah. today, which is a little preview of what's coming up next week. Next week? Yeah. It'll be good stuff. It is going to be good stuff. Yeah. This was even better, though. <laughs> oh. I, I will refrain from affirming that. <laughs> Man, I, 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 can't, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being here. Oh, dude, this has been great. Uh, I've enjoyed this. This right. is, uh, anytime I get the the chance to have a conversation about, especially the idea of, how, you know, how do we share Christ in, yeah. in this world? The, the the very simple answer, and like I said earlier, it's it's not easy, but it's simple. It's the same way we've always done it, but it can't be for the purpose of self gratification. That's right. not sharing. That's not sharing Christ. That's sharing our own principles and and values. Right. Uh, it's it's sharing the hope of Christ eternally. And and you know, going back to kind of what we kind of started talking about America. Okay. Truth is the whole world's gonna burn. And that and one day this this whole earth, it's all gonna be gone. And eternity, we must have that eternal perspective. Whether America because wakes of, up because and of, revives and because of global warming. <laughs> uh you can call it that. Global warming. <laughs> that's that's warm gonna be one it's heck of a warm, global warming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it just, you know, it's we lack that. We lack that today because yeah. it our our perspective tends to be so temporal. Oh yeah. We're you know, you know we, we think eighty five years is forever and, and it's yeah. not even the blink a, of an eye. Yeah, right. It's just a tiny little bit. Well again, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for being here. Um yeah. Thank you all. Hopefully you'll come back one day. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, be great. Justin? Troy? It's been good, man. It's it has. You. You're going to have to sit live next time because I... Oh, I will. I forget you're there. I mean, I know your yeah, your work draws you that. away and you you just you can't, but I like it when you're sitting next to me. I agree. I will be there next time for sure. All right, brother. Well, as cool. always, guys, we thank you for listening in. 
Um, you can contact us at exploringtheway21 at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Exploring the Way. And we just got our brand new uh, website, Justin, at www.exploringtheway.info. That's .info, not .com. So it's exploringtheway.info. And on any of those platforms, you can listen to our podcast there. And we also have links to all the, uh, the other platforms there. So thank you so much for listening. Justin, always a pleasure. Likewise. Appreciate it, everybody. Y'all take it easy. Thanks, guys. All right.